Welcome to another exciting and elucidating episode of the Army Talk Ask an Expert series. I'm your host, Chris Walton. And I'm Ann Mazenga. And we are the founders of Army Talk, the fast-growing retail blog that is all about the companies, the people, and the technologies that are coming together to change the future of retail. Joining us today live on LinkedIn is the first official member of the Army Talk Four Timers Club now. That is Julian Mills, the CEO and founder of Corso. Julian, welcome back to the show. How does it Thank feel you. to now one-up everyone and officially pass all those other three timers, those pedestrian people? How does it feel? Well, Chris Ann, thank you very much for having me back. It feels great. I've still got lots to say. So excited. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I always love when you come on. And today we I've asked I've asked Ann to join me because you know, I the last three times we've had you on, it's just been you and me talking back and forth. I felt Anne could bring some perspective into this conversation as well. And today we're gonna today we're gonna focus primarily on the role the district manager plays in a retail operation and how, quite frankly, from your point of view, specifically, Julian, they're very underserved in terms of getting the tools and the resources they need to do their jobs as effectively as they could. And from our experience and having worked in the stores as a manager for J. Crew, mm-hmm. me being a district manager for Target in my past life, that topic couldn't be more near and dear to our hearts. So Anne's going to join us today and we're going to ask you a ton of questions on that subject. So and I think we should kick yeah. it off. But before we do, I just want to say for those watching and listening on LinkedIn, just a quick reminder that if you have a question for Julian at any time during a conversation, put it in the chat. Just ask it yes. any question. There's no question that's off limits. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to get sharper and better on this topic to hear what's on your mind. Just ask Julian, ask us, whatever floats your boat. Just put it in the chat and we'll try to answer it as best as we can. All right, Anne, yeah. I know you got the first question here. Yes, this is going to be exciting. And I think we, we, I hope that this is the the conversation that gets the most dialogue because it is such a pertinent topic to what's going on right now in the retail industry. So, Julian, I want to come out of the gates firing here. Yep. Why do you think that helping district and store leaders is such an urgently critical area to address right now? Yeah, look, I, I think districts and store leaders are the unsung heroes of retail at the moment. Okay, so yes. over 90% of all sales, certainly in North America, still touch a store. Um, and these people have had, you know, an unbelievable amount of stuff to do over the last two years. Mm-hmm. You know, retail's gone omnichannel, so they're having to run much, much more complex stores. Um, turnover in the industry is very high. They're understaffed. So about one in four or what, one in four store manager roles at the moment is vacant. One in five district manager roles is, is vacant. And so they're just being asked to do more and more with less and less. So in a lot of ways, it makes you sound like they're, they're almost neglected in, in some ways. Like, is that, is that, would you agree with that sentiment that I'm putting forward? That, that not only yeah. they're being asked to do more, but they're, they're kind of being forgotten in this whole omni-channel struggle post, post during COVID, however you want to phrase that. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think there's a particular slice of them that are particularly okay. neglected. Yeah, so if you think about a stores organization, you've probably got kind of three rough levels. You've got your kind of frontline store level, maybe getting up to section manager, et cetera. These are people who are, you know, you know what you want them to do and you just want them to comply and do that, okay? And I think there's been quite a lot of effort during COVID um, to helping those people do their jobs um, and, and to deploying technology to help them do that through things like task management and comms platforms, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, you know, your big bosses, your kind of execs up at the top um, who, again, you know, have been quite supported, you know, have quite right. a lot of technology to help them. 
um, you know, roll-ups of reporting and stuff like that. And their job really is to uh, make resource allocation decisions. Do I have the right people in the right places? Do I have the right stores, etc.? And I think both of those ends of the spectrum has been pretty tough, but they're okay. Right. I think the people who are having a really tough time are the kind of neglected middle. So your district managers and large format store managers. Mm. And these are the people whose job it is to kind of firefight. You know, if you think about it, their job is to firefight, find things that are going wrong and fix them. And by the way, wow, there's been a lot that's been going wrong over the last two years. So they've been right off their feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, I think that's, that particularly rings home to me too, because I think about my time as a district manager, it's a very lonely job, like in a lot of ways, like, you know, my territory, yeah. and I've talked about this on our show a lot, you know, my territory was Northern Colorado, Wyoming, Western Nebraska, and Western South Dakota. I was in my car 27,000 miles a year. Most of the time that I spent my day was traveling to and from a store. And even through all that work, I had 12 stores in my district. I was lucky if I got to each of them once and at, at most twice, I never got to all my stores twice in a month. It was impossible. And so, yeah, it is a very, it's a very lonely existence. And I would imagine in COVID with the, you know, the, the premium on, or how, how you have to think about the contact you're having with people and how you handle those conversations that you normally would have differently. Like it's gotta be a tremendous burden, you know, to those people in those jobs. Like, how do you think about what I just said, Julian, like in your mind? Well, well, I I think you're right. I mean, you know, you and Anne have lived this. Um, I think that everyone we speak to in that role at the moment just feels overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they sit down on Sunday night, they try to plan out what their week looks like. And by the way, it's gone wrong by Monday lunchtime. Yeah. Well, and Julian, will you elaborate a little bit too on like what is happening that Sunday night? And maybe Chris, you can jump in here too. But I mean, what's happening? What's the current status of this right now? I mean, are people using like pen and paper to put these things together to plan out their, their weeks and their visits? I mean, how, how, what does that look like? Yeah, it's a great question. So I, I think there are kind of two main activities that are going on and each of them they do in a slightly different way. So the first one is working out where do I go? Yeah, mm-hmm. I've got 12 stores across Wyoming, Colorado. Where do I go? Right. And so that's something that's typically done, you know, maybe sitting in front of a calendar. Yeah. Maybe you've got, you know, a bunch of different kind of task systems you're looking at. Maybe you're looking at, you know, where you've, when you last visited. It's quite a kind of paper intense exercise for a lot of people. Yeah. I feel like people listening are, are like nodding along and, and probably <laughs> popping in the chat like, oh, yeah, I, I can I can feel what Julian's saying. Yeah. And it's somewhat a creature of habit too. I would add to that. Like, you know, you did this last month, you're going to go this time, the same time next month, you're going to change it up a little bit to keep your stores on, on their toes, but yeah, keep going, Julian. I mean, I think yeah. you're hitting well, on well, it for sure. But, but Chris, there's something really interesting what you guys are saying there, which is, you know, so you're going back to that store because you went to it last two weeks ago. Right. But actually you may have a brilliant store manager there. Yeah. And the store may be flying. So why are you going there? Yeah. Now don't get me wrong. There's, you know, certain things you need to do from a kind of, um, you know, from a corporate process perspective, maybe a quarterly store visit or something like that. Yeah. But actually, you might have three stores with new store managers, tough areas, who need 70% of your time. Hmm. And we don't really balance um, where DMs spend their time based on need. We do it based on kind of routine. And that's a big problem. Yeah, and that has an, I think that has an impact on, a, there, there's a lot of impacts to that too. I mean, psychologically for the DM too, if they feel the pressure to always visit all their stores, especially when their time pressure is more or their time's more at a premium, that starts to take a stress on them psychologically. It takes a stress on them, puts a stress on them personally with their spouses or their significant others. 
Um, and then even for the stores, like, you know, like you have a good store manager, the last thing a good store manager wants is their district manager in their store every month. Like they <laughs> right. just want to be left the hell alone. Yeah. And for me, like I, I got really lucky because my district manager in South Dakota, which was the furthest store away, I had to fly to it, um, was like my best store. And so like, I was lucky if I saw him, you know, once a month, maybe once every two months, but that was intentional. But my rationale for that was completely qualitative in nature, right? Like it was just my gut feeling on where I should spend my time. I didn't yeah. really know, which I think is what you're getting at in my, like in a lot of ways, right? Yeah, I, I, I think that's right. Um, so, so for us, you know, in our language, we think about trying to prioritize where um, a district manager would spend their time based on, you know, both kind of big tasks they got outstanding. So that might be, um, you know, you've got to do a particular store visit, a store audit, or, um, you know, there's a safety process you've got to run, or there's a new store manager you've got to onboard or something like that. And then the other thing is kind of leaked value. So, you know, how much sales is that store losing relative to how much, you know, it, it could, could be making, hmm. um, you know, is our damages particularly high, et cetera. So, you know, it, it's a combination of those, what we call kind of called tasks and alerts, mm -hmm. which help you prioritize where you should be spending your time. Mm -hmm. and, who um, you, and, and who you should be spending your time with, right? I mean, yeah. that was the part I wanted to ask Anne about too, is like, Anne, from your experience, like, and the part of the thing I love about what you guys do at Corso is there's an engagement side to this too, which, and I can, I imagine when you were running that store in New York, it probably wasn't always the most engaging experience when your district manager just popped in and started randomly asking you about things. And you're like, dude, this doesn't even matter. Like, right. cause you know, your store. Right. Well, I thought about Chris, what you said last time we had Julian on the show, which was, you know, you, you have these district managers who in some cases are just coming in saying this worked at this store. So now we're going to convert yeah. your entire store to follow this thing. And what, you know, Julian, I love to get your perspective too, on how the data that you're collecting and, and helping uh, district managers prioritize is really helping people understand what they need to focus on and what, you know, might work in, in another store or what might not be, or what needs to be, to be more detailed. Cause that is all, like Chris was saying, that has all been done before based on, you know, gut feel or, you know, just what they're, what they're seeing when they happen to be in your store on that day. Yeah. And it's a great question. I mean, I, I had one DM describe it to me as parking lot paralysis, which is, you know, you're sitting in your car in the parking lot outside the store. Yeah. You've got a wad of paper that thick. Yep. And you've got five minutes before you need to walk in and sound really smart. Yeah. Terrifying. Um, it's terrifying. It's impossible. It yeah. And you've got maybe, you know, tens of thousands of SKUs and tens of employees there and so on. Um, and so what, um, what one of the things that, you know, as you, as you know, we're trying to do is essentially translate all of that information into suggestions and recommendations about where you should, what you should go and look at when you walk into a store. So we walk in and say, you know, hey, by the way, we think the chip planogram, chips planogram probably hasn't been set because it's underperforming. So you know what? Go and look at the chips. Is the planogram set? Great. Yeah. Okay. That's one thing to fix. You know, second thing might be, I don't know, you know, theft of this particular item is, is off the charts. So you know where to go and look at that. You might go and look in the stock room, et cetera. Um, and so it's really trying to give DMs a helping hand so they can walk in and focus on, you know, the things that really matter to them rather than, you know, the first thing they spot that they're just in a panic to kind of look useful about. 
if that, if that makes sense. It does. And I think the other, the other wrinkle to it though, right. Is it's also coordinated across the expanse of everyone that's working on this, the way you guys envision this. Right. So it's, it's not like the, the DM is getting alerted to the chip planogram or theft in a certain area and just showing up and like randomly auditing it and catching everybody by surprise. It's everyone is aligned through how yeah. you envision this to make sure that we know what we're working on. And then the DM is really just there to help shepherd that process like along the way from an oversight yeah. standpoint. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I mean, I'm sure you had the same thing, you know, you leave yeah. a meeting like that and you've got a notebook that's bulging with papers and notes you've written about that store visit. Yeah. You know, how on earth do you remember that in three weeks time? Yeah. So part of it is also logging what you agree with that person or what they're working on and then being able to kind of track that mm -hmm. when you're back at your home office, mm -hmm. you know, so that you can actually follow up on actions that you've agreed with, with, you know, your store managers. Well, yeah, I love that because I hated, oh, sorry, but I hated the surprise element of that job, right? right. right? As working yeah. in the store, like, you know, and it's not just a district manager, too. the regional manager could come in and just blast you with something out of nowhere. And then everyone's playing telephone and all this stuff where it's just like, let's all just be aligned on what we should be working on and then audit what we should be working on versus these random things that, you know, a lot of times from a position of power get augmented to, yep. to have happen. But, Anne, what were you going to say? Yeah. I mean, I was going to say the same thing. I think the, the thing that I'm hearing here is that you have visibility into what's going on in the stores. Everybody does the, the store managers, the DMS at all times. So they can kind of anticipate, like Chris was saying, this is probably the chips, you know, product placement is probably where, where they're going to focus first or theft is what we're going to focus on first. You know, that going in and then again, in the follow-up. So it's just like an ongoing, uh, conversation. Everybody's prepared. Everybody's ready and can follow up. Is that, is that what you're yeah. seeing or your and, clients and, are seeing? And I think, I think that's, that's spot on. I mean, you know, I'm sure you remember what it's like to have, you know, DM turn up in store and you just, you just don't want to be surprised. You don't want to look stupid because there's something you overlooked. Whereas right. you know, at least the benefit of this is, you get advance warning. You get a chance to kind of fix it. Right. Yeah. Right. Does, yeah. Does, that, does that kind of resonate? Yeah. yeah and the other important part of that though, is that you get to track it too, because like part of the whole, there's a gaming thing that goes on with store visits too, where you're like, fix what you know you need to fix. And then you just let it fall off. But yeah. you guys are saying you actually track it, which is an important part of this. So let's dig into this now. So hmm. I think we've conceptually explained like why yeah. there's value here, especially from the lonely position of the DM shout out to my DM friends. Um, <laughs> But how do you do this? Like, give us give us the the baseline there for what does this look like in practice? Yeah. So so um, I'm what I'm describing is essentially an extension to the Corso product we've been doing for about three years or so. Um, and essentially, what we do um, is we plug into you know the 10, 12 different data feeds that each store might get. Yeah. Um, so those might be sales. Um, you know, waste, shrink, um, you know, some labor scheduling data, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Plus um, the kind of macro tasks that, that a DM would need to do. So that might be, you know, you've got to do a store visit here. You know, you've got to onboard a new store manager. You've got to do a store, you know, refit, et cetera. Um, and essentially all of those feed into the app, which looks across them, and prioritizes and selects the kind of missions, as we call them, which are really mm -hmm. the next best actions mm -hmm. for each store, each day or each week. Okay. So, you know, we'd say these 
the top three things you can do to drive sales at this store. And by the way, you've got these two tasks too. And by the way, here are the two areas where you're leaking most in damages, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that gives you a personalized to-do list for each store, which is different for every store. Okay. Now, essentially, um, that tells you, that gets around your parking lot paralysis. You know, you're sitting in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. What do I discuss? I know exactly what I'm going to do. What you can then do is basically bring those together across all the different stores and prioritize between the stores. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we say, you know, we know that you need to spend about three hours at store A wow. um, on, on Monday. And we know that actually the next best store to go after that is store F, and that's one hour away. And you need to spend four hours there. Wow. Yeah. So you've got three hours, one hour travel, four hours, eight hour day. Yeah, that's just doable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and by the way, on Tuesday, this is what it should look like. Okay. And so it's creating a suggested week for you. You don't have to do that. You can tweak it, but it's trying to take some of that kind of impossible balancing off um, of, of the plate of, um, of DMs. Does, does, that, does that make sense? Yeah. And right away too. I mean, I imagine as you're inputting data after that visit, it's also planning out the next week or, you know, what, what yeah. it needs to look like after that. Yeah. Yeah. Chris. Talk about that. I was going to, I was going to say, no, I was going to ask this good segue. And I was going to ask like, what, is, yeah. Talk about what that workflow then looks like, you know, from that point forward, like the next week and then on and on, like, how does it continue to learn from itself and prioritize and, you know, yeah simplify because you know i know what i've always liked about what we've talked about before is also you know you guys have you talk about missions like there's a certain number of missions where you know you know that at a certain point you know if you give people too many they're just not going to follow through on them so like yeah you know how does that all blend together from a workflow standpoint yeah yeah perfect so um so say you visit a story on monday of this week you know we can then start telling you on, on tuesday wednesday thursday how changes you made on that day are driving sales so you can just kind of like you know, keep track of them, almost mm -hmm. like a kind of Twitter feed of, you know, mm -hmm. how the improvements you're driving are, are improving the store performance. You know, what it will then do is probably take you through a full cycle and then tell you, you know, when you should revisit that store again. If everything is going great, if everything you worked on is progressing well, it won't suggest you visit that store again for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas actually, if some of the things you try to implement aren't sticking, it may suggest you go back there the following Monday. Hmm. Do you, do you see what I mean? So it's, mm -hmm. it's learning based on the results of your previous store visit, whether you need to go back and spend more time with them or whether they've got it and you can go and spend your time elsewhere. And so let me ask, so then in, in this situation where say maybe it didn't, it didn't work out as intended, yeah. you're starting to track the performance, is then the intelligence such that it also gives you recommendations on what to go back and probe on, on your successive yeah. visits? Yes. Yeah. Or what yeah. to prioritize. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some of those may be stuff. I mean, I guess I distinguish between missions in our language. So stuff mm -hmm. you previously tried to work on. So you're trying to reduce, you know, milk damages, for example. Um, and that didn't work. You know what? So you need to try something else. So it will alert you to that. But actually for stuff that is improving, it'll kind of track it, but move on to the next thing and say, hey, you know, go and look at, I don't know, go and look at salad bags. As I always did in my DM job, looking at the salad bags. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, we get your point from, also, a, from a yeah. product representative standpoint. Yes. Um, Julian, I have a quick question here. We didn't, we didn't talk about this yet, but I'm curious how, you know, your, your customers that you've worked with now, the DMs, 
are mm. they able to take what they're learning and also use that um, to acknowledge maybe people, store associates even or teams that are working in each of the areas? And if so, like, I don't know, maybe share a little bit about that, because I think that's one thing yeah. like team recognition in specific categories, because you now have the visibility mm. all the way up to the district manager level to acknowledge, hey, you reset that chips planogram and now it's doing really well so that you also have points to like call out when you're in, doing those store visits. Yeah, and, and it's a great push. I mean, I, I, I tend to focus too, too much on the improvement you can drive. But right, the real right. story here, the real story here is the human story. Yeah. yeah. Which is, you know, by showing people how they're making a difference and celebrating mm -hmm. that and sending kudos and all that kind of stuff, you make people feel really, really passionate and committed to the place that they work at. And they see how they are making an impact every day. Right. Yeah? And I think, you know, particularly for folk in retail who've had a really tough couple of years, seeing, you know, I did 10 things yesterday, nine of them worked, you know, I'm doing really well. That kind of instant feedback is very, very powerful. Well, and even tracking, I have to imagine, like over the course of, you know, so many months or years for retention of those employees to be able to say like that my district manager knows who I am because I'm killing it in grocery and I've been running this team and we, you know, consistently have all this data to support. I would imagine that that's another area of this that, yes, it's not, you know, bringing an immediate return on investment for the, the retailer. That's not maybe their first focus, but it is helping, you know, these halo areas around that are being impacted by this technology. Yeah, I, and, and I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I, I would love us to do more around, um, you know, celebrating the people who are driving the most impact in retail, you know, badges, awards, you know, all, all that kind of stuff, because there are people doing heroic stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you look at them and they are dedicated and hardworking and, you know, they deal with failure and pick themselves up from it and they just, just, to contribute you know so much every day um, yeah 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 i was gonna say, i mean that's that's my takeaway from this whole thing is really just you're taking the the negative surprise element out of the equation in the yeah. philosophy you're describing which i think is even more important now when i put that in the context of covid where every day every mm -hmm. one of us is having to deal with some new surprise in yeah. terms of how to deal with this virus and so with that, just going out psychologically in the background, if you can take that out of people's jobs mm -hmm. and keep everyone aligned on the same missions day in and day out, that's incredibly valuable. Yeah. But I got to press you again before we let you go here. Mm -hmm. I got to press you again, because while this all sounds good, you know, mm -hmm. theory at a high level, mm -hmm. um, very good, quite honestly, take me back to how this then gets incorporated in the broader store ops discussion again, like as it gets as you're implementing this for the district manager, how that still gets taken up because they play that integral, integral kind of connective tissue role between the store ops function at HQ and the stores themselves. So like, how does this all fit into that broader context? You, you mean into the kind of store ops hierarchy and processes? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we typically work um, a level above store associate and essentially you know the, the way it works is that the store ops team can say look this is what i care about um as as as, as, a, as a as a team you know we care about i don't know this particular promotion we care about these sales you know sales in this category we care about um you know uh, damages of this particular type of product and effectively in five minutes or so you can set up the app to focus on the 
the areas that you care about as a team. What that does is it trains Corso to go and hunt through your data and look for the best opportunities to deliver those priorities, those KPIs in our language. Mm. Okay. So for example, you know, if I care about reducing um, waste of fresh produce, Corsa will look through it and it say, it's this particular salad bag at this particular store that you know, is, is a really big opportunity, yeah? What it then does is it pushes those out, hundreds, thousands of those every day to your DMs or to your stores and says, look, you know, here are the things that you should be working on now. And as we talked about earlier, it's prioritizing those versus everything else they've got to do. Yeah. You know, all of the different data they've got to look at, you know, all of the other tasks they've got to do. And it's telling them just, this is your ideal day. This is what you should do. Okay. Um, and then as we talked about, it's actually tracking what they do to try and improve in the area, measuring it, and then coming back and celebrating. So it's really joining up the store ops team at the center. Yeah. You can run the whole store network in a really kind of data-driven way, mm -hmm. um, right down to the kind of store manager, um, or, or in some instances, you know, kind of um, trading manager, so someone running a department in a store. Mm -hmm. um, and it's linking that up all the way, yeah? Yeah, and then how do you do that? Like, what do you guys have examples of that or resources or a process that, you've, that you're using with companies time and time again now to take them through that, to set this up quickly and efficiently? And, you know, how long does that take? Yeah, great, great question. So, yeah, it's, it's a very established process now. Okay. Um, you can read about it. We've got lots of case studies, et cetera, on our, on our website. Um, you know, we work with uh, three of the 20 largest retailers in the world. We work with two of the large, five largest store networks in the world, et cetera. Um, and, you know, what, what you can see if you go there is, you know, it typically takes, depending on how quickly you can get through InfoSec, et cetera, something between 10 days, to 14 days to kind of wow. set this up. Uh, so it's very, very quick. Um, and typically from kind of day two, day three of launching missions, you're starting to kind of create value um, because it's that quick. You know, it's just directing people to focus on the, on the right thing. So it's a very, very quick process. Um, and what we typically see is people start kind of small. They start by bringing in a little bit of data, a couple of tasks, and they add more and more and more and more to the point when actually they can switch off a lot of those kind of 20, 30 reports they might otherwise send down to stores. Yeah. Got it. And are there like different, so when you go through this, like, cause you know, I always, I know companies typically love this kind of yeah. stuff too. Are there like definitive stages that you guys do to this? Like, is there like a discovery phase and then you move into like, you know, the deployment phase, et cetera. Like how, how do you guys look at that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great question. I mean, I think the first phase actually, I would suggest every retailer does is nothing to do with Corso which is, you know, go and speak to your stores and work out how much you're actually sending them each week. And then go and speak to your DMs and ask them what you're asking them to do every week. And I think you'll be shocked by the workload that you're dumping onto those people, yeah? As I mentioned to you before, you know, on average, we see each store gets 30 to 40, you know, different reports each week, yeah? Mm. So, you know, it's getting a huge amount of information and then it's probably getting 50 to 100 tasks on top of that. So we're asking people to do a huge amount. That's the first thing you can do, which is just like confirm there's a problem. Yeah. Right, right. And then I think if there is a problem, the next step is typically do a, do a little pilot. You know, spend a couple of months, plug in some data, try it with five, 10% of your stores, check that this kind of works for you, you know, you like it, et cetera. And then you can scale from there. 
Does that, does that make sense? It does. It does. A hundred percent. It does. And my mind's, my mind's just going on, you know, my mind's just been going on this whole conversation this whole time. And, you know, it's when I, when I step back, Julian, and I know we've had you on the show four times, which you made a joke about in the beginning, this was the point in the conversation I wanted to get to, you know, because when I first met you guys a year and a half ago, I was putting myself in the shoes of being a district manager and just feeling palpably how much value what you're describing could ultimately create. Um, and so it's awesome to hear all of this described in detail, like you just did. I hope the audience found it, you know, really exciting for people that were watching this today, you know, got inspired on, the, on it the same way Ann and I did, you know, from the yeah. position of having worked and lived this every day. Want to look smart, but yeah, they want to look smart, but they want to look smart from their cars to the entrance (laughs) of their stores. They want to be, they want to have that. Yes, exactly. They want their Sunday nights back. Yeah, Yeah. right. That and those are real things. Like, I mean, if if people want to learn, I mean, in a nutshell, people want to learn more about course. And what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So, so two things. I think, um, in fact, three things. I think first of all, you know, check out our website. There's a lot of great content on there. Etc. Um, lots of good case studies, you know, resources, etc. There are. Um, second thing, please always get in touch with me. Connect with me on LinkedIn, um, Julian Mills, or um, drop me a note, Julian.mills at Corso.com. But please, no spam. Um, or the third thing is, um, we're going to be at NRF. Um, yeah, right. Which we're really excited about. We're still going to be there, you know. And um, please come and find us. We're going to be on level one, booth forty-two which is just outside the main stage. So really excited to be there. Um, and I think Chris and you guys are going to be there too, we hope. We are. We're, we'll be the gatekeepers of the innovation lab. We'll be the first people that you see on your way in and the last people on your way out. So have a conversation with Julian. It will be much, much better uh, than our, in his beautiful British accent than uh, anything else. Yeah, we'll yeah, we're trying to decide. Yeah, we're trying to decide whether or not we put ourselves in a plastic bubble or bring plexiglass yeah. with us. But, <laughs> yes. you know, we'll be there with bright eyed and bushy tailed and it'll be fun to see you guys. But yeah, definitely stop in and and, and, and check out the Corso team and what they got going on. If you guys found this interested, interesting or, you know, drop Julian a, a note on LinkedIn as well or check out the website too. But all right, man, that was awesome. As always, Julian, four timer, you know, congratulations on that feat too. You know, we don't, we don't bestow that on everyone. In fact, you're the only one. So kudos to you. Uh, so again, Julian Mills, CEO of Corso. Thanks for being with us today. To everyone watching live on LinkedIn or listening uh, via podcast or, on, or watching on video, as always, be careful out there.